welcome to episode 209 of Late Night Linux, recorded on the 19th of December 2022. I'm Joe, and with me are Phelan. Stuffed. <laughs> Graham. Hello from Ashby de la Zouche. And Will. Merry Christmas. So it's our predictions episode. First of all, we'll look back at our 2022 predictions, and then we'll make some more for 2023. So, Phelan, your first one for 2022 was... Apple locks down the M1 Plus with a security update. This has not happened. You get no points. Fuck you. That's fair enough. It will, though. (laughs) (laughs) Mm, Yeah, yeah, definitely going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no points for your first one. Will, your first one. Business learns from Log4J and starts to do the right thing. Slash, nothing noteworthy happens at all. So you hedged your bets there, and (laughs) so you get half a point for nothing happening. He should get minus one point for that mockery. What, so I could have said they do lock it down, don't lock it down, and I would have got (laughs) a point. you got to think ahead, man. Oh, for fuck's sake. Look, fail him. I don't make the rules. (laughs) Clearly an AI makes these rules. That's that's the illogicalness of this. Uh, But you thought that uh, something was going to actually change from Log4J, and that was really wishful thinking, Will, I'm afraid. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I thought that everybody would say, you know what, we can't all be dependent on software. We have no idea is even in our product. Let's do something about it. But instead, they chose my second option, which was to do nothing at all. All right, Graham, your first one was the price of old 8-bit and 16-bit computing hardware soars because it was built and designed before the Cold War on our data and nefarious spying from every direction. More and more people start using old computers for basic tasks to keep their data from being harvested and spied upon, eventually becoming its own subculture, accessing the internet through firewalls running on (laughs) Commodore 64s at low bandwidth. I think he was huffing paint. <laughs> Bits become important again. Latest Commodore 64 with cassette deck sold for $34.99. The mid spies were off in your household last year, clearly. <laughs> so didn't I mention this at the time? This was basically me putting the story out there as so that there'd be prior art. Yeah, you did say this was your sci-fi novel, I think. This is still my sci-fi novel, so it was just... But I, I should look up a Commodore 64 price on uh, eBay. If it's more expensive than £35, then... Uh... Well, while you're looking that up, I'll tell you what has gone up in price massively, and that's second-hand Raspberry Pis and whatnot, those sorts of small computing devices that people just can't get hold of anymore. Yeah, it seems they seem to value their business-to-business customers. Rishi just head up a company that buys them as a business to a business ah. and then sells them to a consumer on the sly. I'm pretty sure they've got contracts preventing that sort of thing, but clearly from the scalping that we've seen, I think people must be... Uh, not honouring those contracts. Mm. The prices have gone up a little bit, but that really wasn't my point. It really was just the idea of a book that I've had. And uh, I do think <laughs> that it's funny how valuable this old equipment is becoming. And it is nice to know that there's no super little microprocessors running on those 6502s. Come on, fail him, say it. <laughs> That's what they want you to think. (laughs) (laughs) Now that the pie has a spy cop in board, I mean, it's all all hands off now. All right, well, unsurprisingly, no points there. (sighs) My first one, Gnome Downstream will put together a new desktop, maybe based on EFL, the Enlightenment Foundation Libraries, that will be in a decent alpha state by the end of the year. No cute worries, no Gnome worries. Images of Ubuntu with it, floating around that are usable along with Arch. 
active community, finding and reporting the many, many bugs, Solus, Pop, Arch, Debian, Debs, contributing and speaking positively. Won't be default in distros, but will be easy to test out by the end of the year. Uh, yeah, that didn't fucking happen at mm. all, did it? Fucking two years cooped up in COVID. We all clearly went mad. <laughs> I mean, Jesus no, Christ. No, failing. The world went mad. The amount of ah, entropy okay. in the world increased and made <laughs> predictions much harder. <laughs> <laughs> So I actually listened to this and my justification was that something had to come to a head with the whole GNOME situation. And so this ties in with your second prediction failing. After 2204, Canonical drops normal GNOME. And I think you talked about taking an old version and kind of freezing it and, you know, going off in its own direction because there was a lot of turmoil between GNOME and their downstream in 2021 and we thought that it would come to a head and people would make forks or new projects and it seems that all that shit just calmed down when the world started to get a little bit more back to normal in 2022 maybe i do still see an issue with the way gtk slash gnome works because we only have seen this week where or probably last week actually for everybody listening is the GTK dev saying, well, we're not doing fractional scaling. Wayland doesn't support it. And then Wayland now supports fractional scaling and them still going, no, not relevant. We're not doing it. And they have a very argumentative sort of way of doing things. It appears. I, I'm, I'm looking from an outsider, but it does seem like they just don't get along with people normally. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. And that's the way things were looking. I think they're still looking like that, though. <laughs> so why hasn't this happened then? I think it's just we we are maybe, I think, making it too easy a case to just kick off a new project. I think there's a lot more effort involved. I wouldn't be surprised if it happens a bit later on, maybe two years down the road or something, with the especially with the Flutter installer. If that works out well, and there's a huge glut of Flutter developers out there who are using it based on like Google stuff, Android stuff, whatever. I don't know. It'd be almost, you know, GTK is a bit of a dead end platform-wise, I think. Quite the opposite. It's always innovating and always having new version numbers. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Will, you said maybe this will be the year of the ARM laptop instead, because I think you <laughs> previously predicted that. You said, I still believe this will become a big thing soon. And, uh, well, we did have the ARM ThinkPad, which is quite expensive and not very Linux-friendly yet, I don't think. I haven't seen a single one in the wild. I did check today. They are still selling them, but I've I've never seen one. Dell didn't follow suit and make one, as far as I can tell. Amazon is not flooded with generic clone laptops that are run on ARM that you can pick up for tens of pounds. It has not happened the way that I hoped and imagined it would do. So yet again, I'm disappointed. My ARM laptop is running very well, and uh, Linux form performance on it is only getting better. In fact, the um, Apple hypervisor now passes through Rosetta to x86 in the Ubuntu VMs and the Linux VMs running on your M1 Mac, and you get like Rosetta performance out of your x86 64 binaries. It's still running really well on M1, and I assume M2. So in a way, it's just ready to go if the hardware was there. Mm. I'm glad you gave it its correct name of ARM rather than that Apple Silicon nonsense. <laughs> do you think, Will, if you had that prediction to make for this year as a free prediction, do you think you would make it? Do you think maybe we're just a bit too 
just you know the, the the lead times on hardware is so long and maybe with covid that maybe it's a coming this year end of the next year sort of thing well it's a good question i think i'm just like fundamentally broken as a human being now so <laughs> i don't believe anything will happen good ever so i, I honestly i don't think it will uh, maybe the demand's not there but i would have thought that people i say people like techie developer nerdy types would have learned from how amazing the apple silicon <clears throat> is Ooh. and how what great reviews it's had and how amazingly well it's performing and would have wanted their own thing that wasn't on mac hardware perhaps the answer is actually a lot simpler than that is that everybody just wants the mac one instead no it's not certainly linuxy people will be furiously writing emails in right now saying it's not that amazing i can get an amd machine that does this that and the other <laughs> but you know yeah with like two or three hours battery life instead of fucking 10 and using way more power who wants 10 hours battery life how are you supposed to tell your boss that you couldn't get the work done if your laptop lasts <laughs> that long i mean really who wants that no one fucking wants that you want to be able to sit on the train and go ah oh, i couldn't do anything my battery died but anyway, I, I think in answer to your question, Will, as to why, the answer is that it's not a lack of demand, it's a lack of supply. There's not really much in the way of the Snapdragons and stuff that can compete with what Apple are doing. And we've got the uh, Microsoft, uh, what's it called? I don't fucking know. It's a terrible name anyway. The, the Dev Kit 2023, that's it. Mm. Which is like... You know, it's kind of getting on for M1, but not quite. And, you know, it's a lot cheaper and everything. So seems a bit half-arsed. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so I, I think that, you know, we've seen the ThinkPad and we've seen that dev kit. So I think you can have a quarter of a point for that. Hey. We can't just have this be fucking no-score board draw, can we? Where <laughs> none of us get anything right. So someone keep track of all these fucking halves and quarters. <laughs> So zero plus zero still equals zero for me then. <laughs> yes. Hooray! So. Graham, you said a new Raspberry Pi, and then when pressed, you said a Raspberry Pi 5. That has not happened. Again, what were you fucking smoking? I just, I yeah, I don't know. I'm wrong. So I'm sorry about that. At least we don't have to discuss it for too long. Yeah, well, they kind of would have been if it weren't for supply chain issues and stuff, probably. But uh, I guess we just expected everybody else to be as productive as we were during COVID. <laughs> yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, Graham, you also said you were going to suggest a fork of GNOME, but then you saw our predictions about it and said it might be the rise of KDE Neon or some other KDE distro outside the Linux community. You really don't think any have been able to capitalize on its recent community success. I might think of something better than this in the next 34 <laughs> minutes, he said. Yeah. Well, Steam Deck gets your point. Mm. Aye. Yeah. Oh, well, that's what I was thinking. And I don't know if I knew this at the time, but yeah. He hadn't even received it for a couple of months into the year, surely. Yeah. But I don't know if we knew that it was going to be uh, plasma-based. We did, I think. but Yeah. So that's a bit of a cheating point, but nevertheless... A point. Well done. It's yeah. a KD point. I, I'm happy to give him that. <laughs> yeah, but my point was, I think we often, t I mean, Phelim does his KD corner and KD's just been doing so well and doesn't get the yeah. same distro love that Gnome often does. That was, that was the point I was trying to make. Yeah. All right. Well, my other one was there'll be a desktop-focused community remix of Ubuntu, not a flavor, that uses an immutable file system. Snap and Flatpak will be supported. Canonical will wish them all the best and retweet them, etc., no financial support, though, not yet. And this has not happened. So I was wrong. I thought that 
immutable desktop OSs were going to be a big thing this year. And uh, Will, you tacked on your third one, which we're, not, <laughs> we're only supposed to do two. You said immutable desktop OSs will never be a thing. Yeah, I, I think I will be proven wrong on this this year. I know that Ken Van Dyne at Canonical is really keen for them. There's a lot of people who I see on social media who are also keen on this. I personally have no interest in it. I don't want yeah. it. I'm not looking for it. But I, I don't know what I'm talking about. So maybe it will become a thing. Cloud native, but on the desktop. Fucking awful <laughs> idea. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> All of the things that made Linux what it is removed, and now it's fucking read-only. Mm. Brilliant. Let's do that. Fucking marvellous. Well, Graham, you had a fourth one, which we either didn't record or I cut out because I thought it was in very poor taste. <laughs> and that was, the queen will become dead. <laughs> I think it's just about being long enough to laugh about it now. So, uh, yeah, you get a point there. Well done. I can't <laughs> believe you He's going to win now. <laughs> yeah, just unbelievably, you have walked this with at least two points. Mm. I'm very surprised as well because it doesn't feel that way to me. But you sort of cheated by saying KDE was going to be big and we knew that was coming on the Steam Deck. And let's face it, poor old Liz was on her last legs, wasn't she? We really didn't think Steam Deck was going to do as well as that. Not as well as it has done, but we knew it was going to be a success, I think, or we thought it would be. But uh, yeah, I think you've cheated your way to a two-point victory. Well done, Graham. Thanks. Okay, this episode is sponsored by Linode. Go to linode.com slash late night Linux, support the show, and get $100 free credit. From their award-winning support, offered 24-7, 365 to every level of user, to ease of use and setup, it's clear why developers have been trusting Linode for projects both big and small since 2003. Deploy your entire application stack with Linode's one-click app marketplace, or build it all from scratch and manage everything yourself with supported centralized tools like Terraform. And check out their managed MySQL, Postgres, and MongoDB databases that allow you to quickly deploy a new database and defer management tasks like configuration, managing high availability, disaster recovery, backups, and data replication. Simple and fast to deploy with secure access, their flexible plans include daily backups. So go to linode.com slash late night Linux, create a free account, and you'll get $100 in credit and support the show. That's linode.com slash late night Linux. On to a bit of admin then. First of all, thank you everyone who supports us with PayPal and Patreon. We really do appreciate that. If you want to join those people, you can go to latenightlinux.com slash support. And remember, for $10 or more per month on Patreon, you can get an advert-free RSS feed that includes this show, Linux After Dark, and Linux Downtime. And if you want to get in contact, you can email show at latenightlinux.com. Let's do our 2023 predictions then. So I had a theme for mine, and that is that I've got one for each of you. The first one, one of us will have a RISC-V board in production by the end of the year. And that's going to be monitoring your heating or weather or beer or something. And I think probably will. I think that is a safe bet. Is there anything you've got your eye on, though? I found a dev board on AliExpress a few weeks back. Nearly ordered it, but had some problems with the website. It crapped out when I was trying to put my credit card number in and didn't follow up. But those sorts of devices, those dev boards that will fit onto a bit of breadboard that you can buy and you just plug a USB cable in and away you go, they're going to become super popular this year, without a doubt. You'll be able to pick them up from Amazon or eBay for probably 10 quid and just download an IDE 
and a tool chain and you'll be off and running. So I fully expect to have at least one RISC-V board doing something. Yeah, no, I didn't just say you'll have one because that seems too obvious. Mm. I think you'll have it in production and that's where I might lose on this one. If something breaks and I come to replace it, then there's a decent chance I'll replace it with a RISC-V. I wouldn't, I don't think at this point, I don't think I would plan to replace anything. So if you see a large lad standing throwing copper wire <laughs> over your pole near your house, you'll know why. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that you might buy one, play with it, and then think, ah, oh, what if I hook it up to these lights or something? Yeah, so there's a good chance. That might be my backdoor victory there. All right, my second one. One of us, almost certainly Graham, will buy a Mac in 2023 and will run Linux on it through seamless virtualization. Now, I made this before you said about, well, to be fair, I knew that you run Linux seamlessly virtualized, but I think you're going to buy another Mac is the bottom line, Graham. I don't think he needs another Mac. Yeah, the last Mac I bought before, the, and I'm not a huge Mac fanboy, <laughs> but I mean, sometimes I feel like it. this podcast makes me out to be one. I bought one in 2013, and then the, this M1 Mac is the next one I bought since then. So it lasted me eight years, and we're still using it, still with the family, still using it. So I can't see it happening. But maybe I can see, like, you've got Joe and an M1 Mini doing some cool stuff because they reach a certain price threshold, maybe? Well, and it gives me an excuse to buy one to get a point. <laughs> <laughs> I might get the M3 or whatever that comes out later in the year. Yeah, but I'm so far from... Getting over 20 or 30% CPU usage on this, then uh, I don't see the point. Yeah. All right. My third one, one of us, probably failing, probably even failing, I said in my notes, but definitely failing, <laughs> will be regularly using an AI or machine learning tool by the end of the year, probably for work, probably only now and then. What a crock of shite. <laughs> if your definition for AI is shit that doesn't exist or if then else statements, then yeah, you're correct. I do use those every day. But AI, no, not a fucking chance. I reckon this is true and I reckon Phelan won't even know he is. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the three you are AIs. <laughs> Who knows? Well, could you argue that doing a search on start page, which is essentially a Google search, that's using AI? A fucking bollocks it is. It is in its absolute whole. AI has to be intelligent. There is no intelligence saying that. The problem with AI, and I'm going to leave this for my prediction later as well, because I saw your predictions, they enraged me. Well, not do it now. Well, you <laughs> wankers have included me in a bunch of fucking statements <laughs> about using AI. And you know what? You don't realise how stubborn I am. And I know if I th if there is a thing that uses AI, I'm not going to fucking use it now out of spite, because <laughs> I am that bitter and twisted. But also... AI is a load of shit, and I think by this time next year, AI is going to be as dirty word as fucking crypto is now. And I mean cryptocurrency, not crypto cryptography. I think people by this time next year are just going to be like, fuck a bunch of AI, what a bunch of charlatans, a lot of them. I may be a bit early in that prediction, but it's happening in the next year or two. I think you're way too early. Now, clearly, AI is the new crypto in terms of if you want to get VC funding, then have an AI startup. Yeah, especially when none of it involves the intelligence bit, because everybody is massively underestimating what that fucking is, and nobody can even have to find the fucking thing. It's all a bunch of shite. Machine learning, I'll give you, because that is useful for processing large amounts of data. I would use it right now, except for the fact that Elasticsearch, it's part of their paid plan, which means that it's extortionate per node, and therefore I don't use it. If I get around to upgrading to the Amazon-based open version of Elasticsearch, I might use it. 
but even still, I wouldn't guarantee it. Oh, you're wrong, Phelim. I'm sorry. I'm in control of this one. You don't know <sighs> how stubborn I can be. <laughs> okay, okay. I mean, I, I would like to believe you. Like, so many times I'd like to believe you. I'd like to think that Phelim's world was the true one, but <laughs> I think it's a worse world for AI having you know, risen to dominance, but it's just going to get worse. I've seen, I've seen Will's predictions. <laughs> I'm keeping quiet until I have to spill the beans. Well, let's spill the beans now. Your first one, the internet services free ride is over. New services launched are no longer going to be built around freemium or ad supported models. You pay if you want to use it and the world is better for it. Yeah, I think that the model of VC money for free and growth above everything else, I think that we've seen the end of that now. And companies are moving to a position where they have to show actual profit and growth over time, which looks much more sensible. I think everybody hates ads, and ad blockers are widely used on in browsers and on phones and on networks. So I think that ad revenue is going to be unpredictable, and your audience don't want to see ads. And if, they, if you're dependent on ad revenue, your users, as we talked about last week, your users have very little invested in you as a platform and will happily chop and change. If you ask people to pay a small amount of money to be on your platform, I think that you filter out a lot of the bots and you give people a little bit more incentive to stay engaged in your system. Maybe, well, I hope that it will make for a better service be that a replacement for Twitter or a new forum or whatever. I, I don't really know. But yeah, I think that this is the way that the internet is going to go now. All of those free services that pop up that everybody uses and gets bored of and gets abuse on, that will, will be gone and we'll all be living in a new nirvana where you pay a couple of quid to use something and you don't get abused every day of the week. Is this your way of telling us there's no influx DB free plan anymore? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny you say that. <laughs> well, this seems like as good a time as any to say that, remember, $10 or more for the ad-free <laughs> RSS feed on Patreon. I just don't think this is true. People want shit for free, man. People could pay $10 a month and get this show and the other great shows with no ads, but the fucking vast majority of them are just happy to listen to the ads and definitely not skip them. <laughs> so, you know, I just, people want shit for free, man. And ads have always made the internet work and will always make the internet work, as far as I'm concerned. And yeah, maybe people will get a bit more picky about what ads they have and maybe it'll be more content-based ads rather than tracking-based bullshit ads. But yeah, we'll see more people paying for shit, but it's uh, it's not going to be the masses. No way. All right, you also decided to troll Phelan with AI will save someone's life. Phelan will even say that is the case. And it was actually pretty great. Yeah, I, I think like something monumental, like a cure for a specific type of cancer or a new medicine which gets rid of COVID or something. So we're saying AI, not ML. Yeah, okay. Ah, oh, here comes the fluffing, right? Go on. I will say a, a machine learning algorithm will come up with something like that this year, and it will be almost miraculous. It will be so incredible that we won't be able to comprehend it, and it will change the world for the better. And failing, you will say it was a good thing. If it meets the criteria of we won't understand it and it'll be amazing, then yes, I will. <laughs> Maybe. 
All right, and then a totally unrelated third one from you, Will. Uh, yes, I think that AI will also kill people on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I think this will be something like a killbot or a self-driving <laughs> car, which is having being forced to solve the trolley problem, and it will make a decision, and that decision will end somebody's life. And this will go to court, and it will be tried through the normal legal process, and they will dig into the logs, and they will go through every single pe- bit with a fine-tooth comb, and they will decide that the AI will have been found to act lawfully. And on that day, the uprising will begin. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Fadim, what's your second one? This is ridiculous, and I have no right to claim any knowledge of the whole gaming industry, but I think that John Carmack is going to join forces with Gabe Newell to do VR on SteamOS properly and uh, really take the fight to Microsoft and Sony. He's just left Meta slash Facebook. Fuck him. And I think he was just demoralized by the fact that he wanted to just be an engineer. And then they had him not being an engineer, being more of a manager. And I think maybe he sort of got kind of disillusioned with that. This is reading into what he said. I don't know how accurate that is, but... I just wonder if that's he's going to join up with the two of them because Steam seems to do no wrong at the moment. They've got a great product. They're doing great work. They've got great backing in the community. Nobody's sitting there going, oh, Steam are a bunch of bastards, but I've no choice. They actually seem to be the good guys at the moment. They're investing in wine and all these things. And maybe he's looking for a bit of a tech job and he fancies getting involved. Well, we'll have to see on that one. I think you might be right. I don't know. We'll see. All, all I can think of is uh, chocolate bars from my childhood when you talk about John Caramack. <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> they were the best Easter eggs. Mm. <laughs> well, Graham, you had a follow-up to that. Yeah, so probably Felium doesn't know, but uh, Valve has submitted various patents for their next-generation VR headset. I do not. It's called the Deckard. Oh! And... I've been thinking for a while that the Deckard and their work on the Steam Deck being this kind of really powerful circuit board with powerful GPU, CPU is what you need because you want everything in a single headset. And so, yeah, one of my predictions is that Valve announces a new VR headset in 2023. Of all the weeks, he's not near his bloody keyboards. I know. He could have been synthing us into this as well. I know. (laughs) I'll have to do it next time. Do-do-do. Yeah. <laughs> hey, they made a good prediction there. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I do think Valve will launch the Deckard. <laughs> and this will work with already established technology. <laughs> it's uncanny. So there, there's that AI prediction that you said would happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, it's fine. Visited by Stephen Hawking's ghost at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't need to spend any money on synthesizers to do that. <laughs> Graham, you said WSL becomes the most popular Linux distribution if it's not already. Now, I don't think I can allow this because we are not going to get official numbers. And it's not a distribution. Oh, fuck off. Yes, it is. It isn't. <laughs> Surely it's either Ubuntu or it's not. Yeah, it's an implementation of various distros, I suppose. Honestly, I know nothing. But Windows, it's used on billions of computers. Yeah. It's dominated personal computing for decades. For a long part of that, Microsoft was antagonistic towards Linux. This would never happen. We, you remember all those times we talked about it? WSL is Linux on Windows. 
it's the enabling of everything that they wanted from the Knicks, but were unable to kind of find a way around it, a diplomatic way to make it work. WSL makes it work. It brings Linux to Windows. You hate it, Fadim. I understand. But there's no doubt that it brings the two things together in a way that those billions of people can use. I have no doubt. I just don't think it's necessarily for the good. I'm not saying it's for the good. I think we should have a proper discussion about that. We <laughs> we had one a bit off air while you two wandered off. You had one while we all went for a piss. <laughs> yeah, I, I felt the reverb on the far, on the far end. All right, but um, I still think we we need to decide whether this is good or a bad thing, <laughs> or even absolutely non-effective to us at all. Like no one cares. It's fine, and I I don't think this can count because I think that a it already is. And B, uh, we have no way of actually knowing that. So I'm going to discount that. So instead, uh, Mm. you've got a fourth one. Okay, so this is more interesting. I think, obviously, I'm involved with SnapD. I work on the SnapD team at Canonical. And the way that, I don't want to make this about SnapD, but there are certain problems that SnapD has solved that Leonard Pottering is also looking to start solve with DDIs and the way the packaging is handled on Linux. And I think this general approach to Linux packaging will be used more and more and we'll see it become a thing for package distribution, this kind of root file system image or containers being used for packaging. Of course, I work for SnapD, but also it's going to become more of a standard way for distributing packages in Linux. And I do think we'll see that more and more in 2023. Well, we'll have to see. It seems that he gets his way with fucking everything, so you're probably right. All right, well, much like with the Queen dying, Will has got a number four, but we're going to save that because it's quite frankly too fucking dystopian and I don't want to wish it into existence. But uh, actually, if that happens, Will, I don't think there even will be a show next year this time. So uh, (laughs) basically a total collapse of society in the UK with no power, no petrol, and and it just will all be fucked. So uh, yeah, Merry Christmas, I suppose. (laughs) Well, that's already been and gone at this point. Happy New Year. But anyway, on that bombshell, we'd better get out of here then. We'll be back next week, which will be next year, which is weird, when probably it'll be just back to normal news and stuff, but who knows, we'll have to see. Until then, I've been Joe. I've been Phelan. I've been Graham. And I've been Will. See you later.